You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 80. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie and welcome to episode 80. I am so excited to bring you this fantastic interview. My guest today is a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to marketing, funnels, and chatbots. And we cover all of those things in this interview. But before we dive in, if you're new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I am Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than two and a half million dollars in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And today we're talking about marketing, messenger funnels, and the future of technology and engaging with your audience. My guest on the show today is my dear friend, the incredible Mary Catherine Johnson. Nicknamed Chatbot Mom, Mary Catherine Johnson has created online success since 2003 as an author, entrepreneur, and mom. Mary is now using that 17 years of roller coaster family and business success to help entrepreneurs and students pour rocket fuel on their marketing funnels with the automated engagement powerhouse of SMS and chat through her agency, Messenger Funnels, and her live intensive training. Academy. In this episode, Mary shares how being pregnant with her first son sparked her first successful online business. She shares how to double, triple, or even quadruple our open rates and click-through rates to increase engagement with our audiences and where the future of technology and marketing are headed next, plus a whole lot more. This was a super fun interview. It's always great to chat with Mary Catherine. She's such a joy and she's truly a marketing genius. So let's get right into it. But before we dive in, I want to make sure you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episodes at monicalouie.com slash 80. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 80. All right, here's my interview with Mary Catherine Johnson from messengerfunnels.com. Hey, Mary Catherine, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am, I always love chatting with you, but I am so looking forward to our conversation today. Well, I really am absolutely honored to be here. And I can't tell you if our conversation is going to be anything like our marathon conversation on a plane ride, then yes. we're going to have a blast. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's let everybody know we met. I mean, it feels like we've known each other for a long time, but we just literally met this year, even though we've seen each other around in the online space for the last several years, but we actually met before everything shut down at social media marketing world. 
this year in San Diego. And it turns out that we had this, the same plane ride. And so I was living in Portland and you're in California. And I remember how disappointed I was that I think I booked my flight too late because I usually can get a straight shot from San Diego to Portland and I had to have a layover. And so as it turns out, it was the best thing that could have happened because then you and I were on the same flight and we just chatted the entire way before I had to catch my next flight. So anyway, yep. so, so great to meet you. I've followed you around the online space for a while now. I remember seeing your name early on the early days, went my early days of, of joining the online world. And it just seems like you've been everywhere. And I really want to get into how you kind of got into the online business thing in the first place. What drew you to it? And then where did you start? And I want to lead into, because I know you've done some pivots and turns as I have, you know, where are you now? So first of all, before we get into all that, tell everybody who you are and what you do these days. Well, thank you for that little intro. And I can't wait to dive into stories because that's what drives us all, right? Our 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 entire world is story-driven and our lives are stories. So I am Mary Catherine Johnson. I basically have two businesses that are attached to each other at the hip. One is Messenger Funnels, which is a agency. It's a conversational marketing and design agency where I create conversational marketing solutions for clients. And then I have a training arm of that agency, which is called Bot Academy. And that is the actual training that I took to learn how to do all, everything chatbot way back in January of 2017. And eventually Andrew Warner, who was the owner of that and started that, came to me and asked if I would take it over for him. So the students got to take over the classroom. And so I've been having a blast actually helping other students do what I did, which is understand conversational design and marketing and build an agency with it. So that's who I am and what I do now. Love it. Okay. So, but how, how did you even get started? How long have you been in the online space? 2003 was when I started my first online business. Oh my goodness. Okay. So how did that start? What, what took you online in 2003? You know, it's a very, it's a very long story that I will encapsulate for you. One day I was pregnant with my first child. And that was after I had already experienced two miscarriages in the span of two years. And finally I was pregnant and thought, oh my gosh, I feel like I have passed the most difficult class I've ever taken in college, which is procreation. And I just wanted to shout it to the world that my finally, my body finally figured out how to do this. And I created this spreadsheet on my little PC running Windows 98. Yes, that's dating me. I had my first son in 1998. And I created this uh, spreadsheet that was basically like a an actual report card. And my first class was pregnancy 101. And my second class was pregnancy prevention 101. And finally, I got an A plus in pregnancy 101 and I failed pregnancy prevention. <laughs> and so I took that Excel spreadsheet, went and bought a, a blank white t-shirt, maternity t-shirt from Target. And I went to one of those sports shops and said, can you put this on this? And they said, yes. And I wore that shirt everywhere. And, and basically I got the proverbial stopped in the airport moments of people going, oh my gosh, where did you get that? I have to get that shirt. And that gave me the first light bulb moment of this could be a business. 
and I, you know, basically went into early labor. And so that took that idea out of my head. I was in the hospital to stop labor for a week. And then I was on bed rest and then the baby comes and then life is just exploded. And I never had another thought of a business until I took that shirt out again for my second pregnancy and started wearing it and got the exact same response. And by this time now we're in 2001. And unfortunately with that pregnancy, I fell and broke both my legs. So at eight months pregnant, I had a cast on both legs up to the knee and definitely was not thinking of a business until after that pregnancy. When I got through that situation, I finally looked at myself and said, woman, you can do, if you can get through this with your sense of humor intact, you can do anything. So I picked up those designs that I'd been playing around with, like don't touch it kicks and, you know, do not open until like a, like a present, you know, tag. And I just went online in 2003 with an 18 month old on my hip and a four-year-old hanging onto my hand. And I dove into this world of online business and I have not looked back since. Oh my goodness. Did you grow up with an entrepreneurial spirit? Did you know that one day you wanted to have your own business and you were just kind of open to ideas or did, I mean, did it ever occur to you before you got the idea for the t-shirt business? I, it never, it really didn't occur to me. I'm not one of those that, you know, plans out my life in the sense that, you know, I'm going to do this by this time. And I want to do this. I really, I'm a go with the flow kind of person in that respect. My mother had uh, started her own business. She was a a tax uh, preparer and she started a business when I was in middle school. Actually, my mother quit high school to have me way back in the 1960s and uh, didn't even finish high school. But while I was going through middle school, she went back and got her her high school diploma and started taking a few college courses. So I definitely saw a determination from that perspective. And then she started her own business and uh, started taking on clients. So, and that was right after I left, right before I left home when I left high school. And so I had that example of the possibilities, but it was never talked about in our household that, you know, you're an entrepreneur or what entrepreneur even meant. None of that really, Monica, I was, I was grabbed by the throat by this idea and it was not letting go. And I looked online because I was doing novelty maternity clothing. And I looked online in the beginning of the online space and, and there was nobody, there were no maternity stores online. So I, I was absolutely grabbed by the throat saying I could actually create the very first maternity store online. And luckily my previous life before being an entrepreneur was a headhunter or a staffing professional for techies. So I had a plethora of technology people at my disposal who I had helped get jobs for, who I could call on and say, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And of course we didn't, you know, this was all everybody says before Facebook, before Twitter, before, before, this was actually before WordPress and all those and Stripe and PayPal and all of that. So I had to actually code my own shopping cart and get my own like card reader to try and take credit cards at farmers markets and all of that until then the technology developed so that I could do this faster and easier but it was just something that grabbed me by the throat and would not let go and I my husband saw in my eyes that this was not an option this is just something that I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat I had to do 
Wow. Wow. And you had already, I mean, just by creating this idea, creating the t-shirts for yourself and then wearing it around every time you wore the t-shirt around, you saw the response you had, you know, now a days we know that we need to validate our business idea before we, we go out there and make it happen. And so you did that essentially it just, you know, just naturally. Absolutely. It, it, it happened as I, it was, it was a total organic. If you want to talk organic, right? that's exactly how it happened. And with my second pregnancy, that's when I really got serious because I was uh, working as a headhunter and I took a trip to Kansas city, Kansas for a, like a mastermind with my, my uh, company I was working for. And on the plane, that exact same, that exact thing happened. I was, I got on the plane, I sat down, a lady was coming down the aisle and she stopped and went, oh my gosh, you're on my plane. I have to sit next to you because my daughter's a teacher and I have to get that shirt because it was a report card. Right. (laughs) And we talked and I mean, and, and I kept the thing that finally hit me with a business is that I kept telling people how to do this. I kept saying, right. you just have to go down to Target and get a blank shirt and go down and make an Excel spreadsheet and have a sports shop. And they kept looking at me like I was nuts <laughs> and saying, well, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to buy it. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I could do that. <laughs> and so I had to do all of that. I had to, I had to research, how am I going to find blank maternity shirts? And then I had to go find a manufacturer down in LA in garment district to make patterns for me and make a particular shirt. And then I had to figure out how in the heck about I, was I going to take my designs that I had created and get them from my computer onto the shirt? What, how was I going to do that? And we didn't have digital printing on fabric yet. This was all transfers or I was going to have to use screen printing, which I didn't want to do a screen printing. I wanted to do some type of a transfer from my computer. So I had to research all of that. What about archival inks to make sure it doesn't bleed or doesn't basically wash off the fabric, right? How am I going to do that? Get a heat press. It was 370 degrees, right? And all every single part of that business I had to touch and I had to do. And it was my absolute first lesson in entrepreneurship, which was, yes, I'm a superhero solo entrepreneur, but then I hit a limit as to how much I can do because I'm doing everything plus raising two kids and, you know, actually trying to be a wife at some time, but uh, I could only work while the kids were either napping or in bed at night. So I would stay up till 2am fulfilling orders. And it just, it hit, I launched Christmas, 2003. And immediately that first Christmas, I think I was so excited. I made like $3,000 or something. And my shirts were like $30 each. And I did a $5,000 campaign of Google AdWords and that's it. That started me. And that just kept me going after that 5,000. Then I ranked because this was much easier to rank with Google way back then. I ranked and just, it hit the ground and double digit, doubling, not double digit. I doubled my income every year after that until of course, 2008. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, so you did this all the way until 2008 with two little boys and just fulfilling all your orders. Did you eventually grow a team and get help with that? Not at all. I was absolutely still in that mindset of, I have to do everything. And Did you do uh, customer service and everything, everything, everything? Oh, every, I printed every receipt. I made every shirt, packaged it up in the boxes. I had the postal service. I really got to know my postal worker very well <laughs> because he would come to my house and pick up the boxes. I would put them on my front porch and he would pick up 20 boxes a day, right? However many boxes I made and I packaged, I did everything, absolutely everything. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So then 2008, I'm assuming you're referring to the recession. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, so what happened? How did the recession affect your business and, and what kind of changed it, at that point? Oh my goodness. It, it changed everything. So the first, of course, retail was one of the, was the first indicator that something was happening. And my business that first year, 2008, my business dropped by half. But of course I kept thinking, well, all I have to do is come up with a better design or maybe come up with a, a different, uh, maybe I should go to Swarovski crystals and add crystals to my shirts. So I just kept thinking it was, it was something I could control and I had to do by adding things, not anything else. I had zero business experience except what I was doing right then. And so what happened was ha dropped by half in 2008, dropped by another half in 2009. And I just could not let go of this. I really Monica, I identified myself with this business. It was, if it failed, I failed. And that's mm. the way I looked at it because it was my first baby. It was my first business. And I was so personally and emotionally invested in it. So finally come around 2010 or so, my wonderful accountant, I'm talking to him about my books and what's going on. And by this time I had, you want to talk about getting in debt. I know your story. I was over $40,000 in credit card debt. And I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember the credit card rates. Basically, they just jacked up rates to 29 and even upwards of 35% mm -hmm. interest rate. So I had $40,000 in credit card debt between two credit cards and 29 to 35% interest rate on top of that. So there was no way I was going to just make enough money in the business to pay that off. So my accountant said to me, why are you holding on to this dying business? And of course I said to him, I, I have to, I can't let it go because if it fails, I fail. Aww. And he said, the wisest words I've ever heard and that I've lived by now. And yes, I have a team and all those things because of this, these words. And that he said, you are not your business. Hmm. And I just started bawling. I gave him a sloppy wet kiss because he also happens to be my husband. <laughs> and I said, all right, what are we going to do? And so I liquidated my 401k. I used all my savings and just paid off that debt, sold all my equipment kept my designs because I have copyrights on them and trademarks on them. And I said, okay, now what am I going to do? And I turned to podcasting because people kept asking me, how are you doing this while you're also raising kids? And so mm -hmm. I would get people asking me all the time on now social media is here, right? And they were asking me, how are you doing this? I'm like, well, let me start a podcast. And the amazing Pat Flynn, I'd been listening to his podcast since like 2009. So why don't I try that? And I reached out to him and said, I'm going to start a podcast about parenting and entrepreneurship. And he had just written a blog post about exactly how his kids are impacting his business. And I just, I agonized over an email for probably two weeks and tried to change each of the words and made sure it was exactly right. And I finally sent it and just like almost threw up because I was so nervous <laughs> sending a message to Pat Flynn and Lo and behold, he responded and he was my first podcast guest. So oh I started that podcast. I started taking on private clients who wanted me to mentor them and start their business and also raise kids at the same time. And then that launched me into the next phase of my entrepreneurial journey, which was, was called Parent Entrepreneur Power. 
Okay. So you've been podcasting for a while because yes. that, I mean, 2000, 2008, 2010, I mean, that's the early My days. podcast actually, <laughs> I started in 2013. 2013. Okay. All right. And Pat was your first guest on the show sharing how he's done it while raising kids, I assume. Yep. Yeah. And just talking about how parenting and entrepreneurship is so similar all the different stages we go through, you know, with kids, you know, you have the infant stage where just, you're just enamored by this little amazing thing. Well, you do the same thing in your business. You are just so enamored by this and you're so consumed and you can't stop talking about it and thinking about it. And then it goes through the toddler stage where you have huge growth spurts and then you fall back on your bum, right? And try to figure it out. Every single stage in parenting is mirrored in a stage in business until you finally have to build this thing and decide, are you going to let it go? Or are you going to, you know, ride it out to the end kind of idea? And it's, it really, that's what we talked about is that parenting and business is similar. And how do you navigate both? So is that podcast still out there? Are you still doing that one today? No, no, not at all. It has actually been, I reached 300, I think 320 episodes and I stopped that about four years ago. And now it's, it's off of, uh, it's off of iTunes. I was just checking about a year ago because I was told by Libsyn that if I just kept paying my monthly payment, it would just stay there, but that's not the case. It has absolutely disappeared. And I was really bummed by that, but you know, they finally just stopped and took it down. I don't know why, but that's what happened. So you were doing the mentoring and the coaching, helping other people get their businesses off the ground. So when did you end up getting into chatbots and messenger funnels and all the things that you do today? Yeah, exactly. So what happened was many of my clients that I was doing like one-on-one coaching and mentoring with basically grew their businesses to the extent that they said, you know what, we can't really do this anymore with your help. We need someone to actually come and do it for us. So would you consider doing that? Instead of teaching us how to do it and showing us that's great, but now we've grown our businesses. We can't, we can't do what we love. We need someone to do the the marketing stuff for us. Would you do that? And so I'm like, okay. And so I started a marketing agency for those clients that needed that. And it was in a particular industry. We were in more of the beauty industry because I had helped them create membership sites. I had helped them do email campaigns and email automations. I had helped them create landing pages and courses. I mean, I had had helped them navigate all of that from a technological standpoint and also a marketing standpoint and copy standpoint. And so then they asked me to just take that over for them. So there I was, I was accident. I was an accidental agency owner that started around mid 2015, early 2016. And then January, 2017, I happened to be on Andrew Warner's email list and listening to his podcast. And he sent an email saying, how would you like 80% open rates and 60% click-through rates in your messages? And I'm like, uh, duh yeah, I'd love that. And so would my clients. And so he was doing a webinar and I signed up for the webinar with absolutely no intention of showing up because I didn't like going to live webinars because I know what they're going to do. They're going to try and sell me something. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I'll sign up. I'll watch the replay and see how it goes. But for some reason it was a live webinar and I was free, thank goodness at the time. And I just went, well, yeah, let me check this out and see what's happening. And I thank goodness, attended that live webinar because in that webinar, he actually showed us how ChatFuel works. He actually built a bot on ChatFuel and took us through it. And while he was talking, I immediately went in and signed up for a ChatFuel account, a free ChatFuel account and went, oh my gosh, I can do this. This is not hard. This is not really difficult. This makes sense because I was a Twitter gal. I was not a Facebook gal. 
I'm not someone who goes and talks about my meal and does this long post on Facebook or pictures of my kids and talking about them throwing up or pooping or, you know, doing whatever they're doing. That's not, that's not my communication style. My communication style was Twitter, quick, short, get to the point. And so this made sense. It was like Facebook and Twitter had a baby. So I called it face tweet and it just made sense. So I got on a call with him. He, I had to put $400 down to just get on a call and see if I could take his course. And I asked him in that, at that webinar, how much would you charge if you were an agency owner? How much would you charge your clients to do this? And he kind of blew me off. Well, it depends. You know, the whole depends thing. Like, okay, that I get it. But really, I, I had to ask him three times before. I think he just threw a number at me. And he said $1,000. And I took that $1,000 and I knew I was not because of my previous experience getting in so much debt for that first business. I was not going to take whatever his fee was, which at this time was $2,500. I was not going to put that on a credit card. So I had to have that money. So I went out to my community and because I had this podcast, majority of my connections were entrepreneurs. I was going to talk to Andrew and see how his course was going to work in two days. So I knew I had two days to find $2,500. And so I got three people on a call within those two days and two of them said yes to a thousand dollars each. So I knew I was, I knew I could do this. I absolutely knew I could do this, even though, and, and I didn't lie to them. You know, I didn't tell them I knew how to do it. I told them I'm learning. This is a new thing. And I got on the call with Andrew and said, you know, I've never paid $2,500 for anything in my life. And he said, well, how about 2000? I'm like, sold. Let's go. Wow. (laughs) Because <laughs> I had the two thousand in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you, I mean, you you gave yourself a deadline. You had a goal to hit. So you kind of again, kind of went back and validated the idea. You know, is this something that people would actually pay me money to do? Being honest about my experience, and then I'm learning this. But they also knew that your experience too in building these email automations. That it was, you know, you had this marketing background, so it wasn't like you were just starting from scratch trying to figure it out. It was a new platform, a new a new way of doing things. But you had been in the marketing game for a while. Correct. Okay, so then you ended up taking the training and working with your first couple of clients, and then what happened from there? Where did it Where did it go? It exploded really Monica ex- exploded. I, it was the same exact feeling I had. The, so my first business was called mommy loves and it was the exact same feeling bots. Basically this communication ability grabbed me by the throat and it would not let go. I had to do it. I, every one of my friends, I was in a, a couple of masterminds. Every single person went, no, this is just a fad. You know, you're just chasing the latest squirrel. It's just a shiny object. Just stick with what you're doing don't go for it. It's just a fad. I'm like, no, you don't get it. It, This just is grabbing me. And I cannot, I cannot not follow this. I have to do it. I felt the exact same way. So all I had to do was talk to people about this because of the passion that I had and the way that it just made sense to me, I could communicate that to my audience and, or my connections online. And that's all I did was go out to my connections and go, oh my gosh, you have to know about this. This is so incredible. Look at what you can do. And so I was like nine clients in the first like two months, just going crazy. And I haven't looked back since. It's just grown, it's changed, it's morphed. And I've stayed in that world. I've had the absolute honor and I've been humbled to be able to speak on stages about it and train students with it. And it just, it, it consumes, it, it's the same feeling. I have not gotten bored. I have not, I have not said, oh, this is it. I don't want to do this anymore. None of that. So explain to, explain to us, you know, what, what do messenger bots, because 
I know from my experience in doing it, but if you're brand new to messenger bots, how do you explain what it is, what they do and, and why it's, why it's so amazing? I mean, the open rates are insane, but what does that, what does that mean? What do those open rates mean? Absolutely. So here's here's the best way you can look at it. Messenger bots or this kind of conversational marketing allows you to monetize your conversations with your audience. So you're going to do your lead generation like you normally would do. However you do that, if you're going to do organic lead gen and do Facebook lives and try and get people into your email list, any way you would generate leads for an email automation or your email list, you can do the exact same thing in a messenger list or a chat bot. But the difference is you can actually have a deeper more engaging conversation with your prospects, with your subscribers, because it is absolutely text-like. So they don't just read an email and hopefully click a button as your call to action. This is not a consumption type of communication. This is a back and forth actual conversation. So imagine taking that email and actually putting it into a communication medium where your prospects can engage with the content you're trying to give them in that email and actually respond via buttons, via actually texting you back. But all of this is automated. So the same same exact transformation you want to provide for your email subscribers you can do with 80% of them opening your messages. And I would say now more like 40% clicking through to your conversion, your sales page, your calendar link, your phone call, whatever it is your conversion is from those messages. 40% of the people who opened your conversation can actually get to that conversion. You You do not have that in email. It just doesn't exist anymore unless it's a, you know, really like your, your original email when they opt in for the lead magnet, right? Right, right. But this is the full conversation and they get deeper and more engaged in the know, like, and trust of your business. They get there faster because they're actually taking an adventure. So just to compare it to email. So with our emails, I know I hear, you know, historically, traditional, you know, industry average, good open rate is about 20%. Is that what you hear yep. as well? And yes. then what's a, what's a, you know, quote unquote, good click-through rate in email? <laughs> We're talking like 3% is 3%. a really good, yes. really yeah, so, good. Oh yeah. So just to compare, I mean, you can go from 20%. So let's say, you know, just nice round numbers, you have a thousand people on your email list. Yep. And 20% of those people are actually going to see your message. Maybe they read the whole email, maybe they don't, but they're going to maybe, you know, open it. So that's 200 people. And then of those thousand people that you're sending the email to only 30, am I doing my math yeah. right? 30 are going to actually click over, you know, if you've got good open rates and click through rates, then 30 people are actually going to engage with what you're promoting or, you know, sharing in the email. Whereas with the messenger bot strategy, you're reaching people where they are. So this is, this is on Facebook, right? We're reaching people in Facebook messenger. Cause I know that the things are kind of expanding nowadays, but yes. Yes. In, so we're talking like Facebook messenger. People are still on Facebook. I mean, I know this and you know, this, <laughs> Even if they people say Facebook is dead, we see otherwise that people are still hanging out on Facebook, especially because of the resources that Facebook has been putting into building up the messenger platform. There's the mobile app. And now I keep getting notifications for the desktop app. And I'm just like, 
for me, for my own productivity, I'm like, I'm going to stay away from the desktop app, but I know that they're putting, you know, pushing that. And so you can reach people where they are via Facebook Messenger. And just like a text message, you want to know what the message has to say. So that's why the open rates are incredible. And then it piques your curiosity to click. Is that, is, am I getting that right? Yes, you are. So let's go back to those numbers really quickly. So out of that thousand people, you've got 200 that opened your message, but remember your 3% click-through rate is out of those 200 people, not of the whole thousand. So you really only are getting six people to click through because it's 30% of the 200 that opened. So now we go over to Messenger and we take that same thousand people. And yes, you're right. The reason they open the message is because typically they have the app on their phone and typically they have notifications enabled. So they get that little that little red button on the top of their Messenger app that says they have a message. And we are absolutely compelled to see what that is. Oh, yes. And so they have the, the app on their phone. They get the notification that they have a message. They cl- open it. So there's your open rates. Actually, our open rates are upwards of 80 to 100%, really, mm. because that's what people do. They have to open that message and see what it is. And then we go from there. Remember that email, we only had one call to action, one link, right? We might have it in our in our email, maybe three different places, but it's still one link. I mean, how many, we don't typically have three different options, to click the three different things, unless you have a, a roundup, you know, a weekly roundup kind of thing. But if you're in your email automation, you typically have one call to action because you don't want to confuse people and give them too many options. But in a chat bot, you have every single text block, every single communication you have with your user and your subscriber has a button that they click. So we could talk about that same email could have maybe five buttons for them to click. So when we're talking click-through rate, we're talking all five of those buttons to get to the end, 40%. And not only do they click those five buttons, but each time they click a button, it's a mini yes. It's a mm-hmm. micro-commitment. And they are that's why they can get deeper into your world faster because they are making those micro commitments and choosing to take the adventure with that information, with that transformation you're trying to get them to do. So that first button typically is going to have a 90% click-through rate because they're the, they've opened it and they're going to click and go through that, that sequence. By the time we get all five messages from that one interaction, by that time, we can average up all the messages to be maybe 40 to 60%. Hmm. And so by the time they get to the end, you're going to have that same call to action to go to your sales page, to go to see your blog post, to see your, to listen to your podcast. And at the end, probably around 40% of those 800 people now, because we had a thousand people, 80%, let's just say on an average opened, let's say 40% of 800, we've got 320 people who actually clicked through to whatever you're asking them to do versus six people out of those thousand subscribers and email. Wow. Because as a user, I mean, I'm sure all of us listening to have, have participated in, in these because it's kind of like, it's kind of fun. It's kind of a choose your own adventure, right? You're giving me options. I can say, yes, I can say, no, I can say I'm interested in this or I'm interested in that. And it's, 
And it's kind of like, well, where is this taking me? So it it really does pique your curiosity and you want to kind of figure out and just as a marketer too, I'm like, what is going on here? What is what, what's <laughs> happening next? Okay. So, and, and how has this changed? Cause you've been in this, I mean, since it kind of initially started blowing up as a marketing strategy. So, you know, it's, it's not that old, but what, nope. we're like three, almost four years, you know, into this from when you first signed up for Andrew's training. So have those numbers changed? Are you seeing that people are kind of getting used to it and the open rate is not quite what it used to be in the click-through rate is not quite what it used to be. Are you seeing that at all? Not that drastic. So Facebook opened up the messenger platform. They opened up their API for companies like ChatFuel and ManyChat to build their platforms to allow marketers to build these bots. So Facebook opened up their API in April of 2016. ManyChat and ChatFuel pretty much started around November, December of 2016. And I started with Andrew Warner in January, 2017. Hmm. So yeah, I've been, I've been there from the beginning and the, the open and click-through rates have, we're not talking in any way near the decrease in open and click-through rates in messenger, like we have now in email. So these numbers I'm saying are actual current. So when Andrew first started the course, it was 80% open rates and 60% click-through rates. I'll tell you right now, if you, if you put your prospect, your subscriber in the driver's seat of this bot and you do marketing with a giving heart and a giving attitude, then your click-through rates will be still 60 to 80% click-through rates. If you try and do traditional marketing like we've done in the past, where it's all about me and my business, and I just want to tell, 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 and get you to click, 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 then your your click-through rates are going to be lower like 30 or 40%. So if you do conversational marketing versus traditional And conversational marketing, it's all about the user, the prospect. In other words, I'm not going to say, my product can help you do X, Y, Z. That's traditional marketing. I'm going to say, do you need this X, Y, Z? And it's going to be about them. It's not going to be about my product delivering it. It's going to be about them saying, yes, I need this. Or this is where I am. You put them in the driver's seat and your click-through rates are going to still be 60 to 80%, even when they get to the end. So one of the things that comes up for me around implementing this is that already I'll get messages on my Facebook page and, you know, some people are asking a question about Facebook ads and then I get some other people that just want to compliment my smile or, you know, just (laughs) something just, I'm like, I don't think you're really here for Facebook ads. So (laughs) how do you, when you're, you know, encouraging people to interact with you via messenger bots, I'm sure you get some people that will just click whatever, or they're not really interested or they'll message back something that's just totally unrelated. How do you handle that? How do you deal with that? What is your process so that you're not getting overwhelmed by people who just aren't clicking the button and can't figure out to click the button? Because I've heard stories like that too. Oh my goodness, yes. So this is the absolute beauty of bots. Number one, remember, I'm not in there responding to anybody. This is all automated. So you would do it exactly the same way as you would an email automation. The difference is you, you make, you create the adventure. So let's just take a simple, a simple adventure. So let's say you recently did a challenge and most of my clients are coaches and course creators. So this is what we do all the time. So let's say you're going to have a landing page and you're going to say, oh my gosh, I have a great challenge. This is my challenge for you. Join us and we'll give you this and this and this and this and this. And by the time you're done, you'll get this transformation. And they say, yes, I want to do this. And they sign up. 
Well, the easiest way to get them into your bot and deliver a lot of that information and have them actually interact with it is then on the thank you page, they've already registered via email and all the normal way you register. Then on the thank you page, you say, wow, fantastic. We can't wait to get started with you. We have a workbook that you need to download and be ready to start with when on day one of the challenge. And to get that workbook, click this link, click this button, and it's on your thank you page. And then you will get that workbook in Messenger. And so people click the button, they open up Messenger, and you have an entire adventure already built out for them in a chat bot that is all automated, that delivers their workbook, it nurtures them and gets the, gives them the rules of the challenge, gives them the link to the Facebook group, gives them everything they need in an interactive way that allows them to say, okay, are you ready for the workbook? Yes, here's the downloaded workbook. The bot knows that they downloaded it and comes back and says, all right, now I need you to make sure you join our Facebook group. You know, you do like a stepwise process. Step one, get the workbook. Step two, join the Facebook group. Step three, ask any questions that you have, you know, whatever that is. Take your take a picture of yourself, do a selfie with your workbook and show us how excited you are to join the challenge. All of that you do in the bot. And then you have a an automated sequence of specific messages that gets people ready for when the challenge starts or the webinar starts or whatever it is you're doing. And Messenger has some very, very specific rules that you have to follow. So I highly recommend that you visit Facebook's terms of service and search for the messaging terms of service because marketers, unfortunately, who've been spamming people have ruined it for the rest of us. And now we have lots of rules we have to follow in order to make sure that we are following Facebook's mandate, which is community building. It's engaging with your community. That's their number one goal. So if you keep that in mind and you keep in mind the transformation you're trying to have with your clients and your prospects, then you'll be fine. You won't be spamming people and just trying to sell things, but you have already created that adventure. So when they come in from that link, from that button on the thank you page, they come into a very specific sequence of messages. They're not just coming into your general bot and just going to be, Hey, I'm here. Great. Thanks. Let me know if you need anything. And then you've got to wait for them to respond. That link takes them through a very specific automated adventure. You can also have a link. Let's say they're in a, Facebook group, a free Facebook group, and you want to share with them also an opportunity to join the challenge. Well, that's going to be a different link so that you can track that these people came from the Facebook group and these people came from the thank you page. And these people came from my Instagram stories, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, you can have an entrance into your, just like you can email, think of it the same way. You can, you can have people opt in for your lead magnet in your email automation from several different places. And you can track which ones of those opportunities is performing the best for you. You can do the exact same thing in messenger. And then we have something called a default reply, just to answer your question about how do I handle people who just want to chat in both ManyChat and ChatFuel. Those are the two companies I use most. Those are two platforms I use most to build these experiences. There's a default reply. And what that means is anytime someone type something outside of the bot that the bot doesn't understand. So they don't click the buttons that you ask them to click, or they don't do the things the way you've built this automation. They do something outside of that. And the bot doesn't understand what response to give. Anytime that happens, you can specifically build your default reply to respond something like this. This is kind of my standard that I use for all my clients and my own bots. I say something like, 
oh, I'm sorry, my name is Mephi, and that's my chatbot's name, because you definitely don't want to lie to people and make them think that you are actually typing this message, because in some states, that's actually illegal. This is an automated bot. This is not you talking. So I say, my name is Mephi. I am Mary's chatbot. And unfortunately, I'm new to this game, and I don't always understand when you type something, but I always understand when you click a button. So what can I do for you? Click the button below. And so I'm training people. I'm not going to respond to typing messages. I'm going to respond to buttons. And I give them those options. Find out about the challenge. Find out about the webinar. Talk to a human. And if they click talk to a human, then I can have several ways that the bot can then notify me to let me know someone's in my bot and needs an answer. I see. Great. Okay. So that's really helpful. So as you're kind of taking people through the path, and this is kind of the same information that you have via email, right? After somebody signs up for the challenge, or is it all in the messenger bot? Or are you also sending emails that kind of mimic the same messaging to get people ready for the challenge? Yes, that's a really good question. And that was one of my most, the biggest concerns that I had when I first started using this these uh, this new communications tool. I kept thinking, I'm going to bother people. I, you know, I'm sending them the same messages in email as I am in chatbots. And I was on a lucky enough to be on a podcast interview with Andrew Warner and Ezra Firestone way early in this game. And Ezra was using it for his Boom by Cindy Joseph line. And I asked him that exact same question and said, you know, aren't you bugging people? Aren't you bothering them? And his response was, they are choosing where to consume this information or where to interact with me. Why would I not allow them to choose which one they want and give them the same information? And so that's exactly the way I look at it. I agree. Yes, I'm sending the same messages, but in different ways. So I'm not just taking my email and I'm not just taking and breaking it up into chunks and putting it in a bot. I have to ask questions to get them to, to click buttons. I have to do leading statements like, this is the way you feel, right? Right. I mean, yes or no. Right. So they have an option to say yes or no. And I have a path if they say no. And I have a path if they say yes. So it's not just breaking it up into chunks and putting it into a bot. You really have to think of it as a text like communication. So you're going to, it, you have to translate. You have to translate that email copy, which is long form story copy, into a bot. It's like translating a novel into a short story or a poem. You have to say more with fewer words. Mm-hmm. So it's a very different skill set. But yes, I'm going to send the information in both communication mediums because I'm going to let the, the consumer, the subscriber, choose where they want to interact with that content. Then do you have character limitations? Can you only send a message that's so long and, you know, in length, number of words or something like that? Yes. Yeah. So actually it's not as long as I would like it. This is one of my pet peeves when I get like a mini email in my messenger. (laughs) That's really not good because I used to have one of those little teeny phones, like an iPhone SE. I mean, I'm not one of these that gets the latest every time. And so I would have to scroll up in my messenger to start the, start reading at the top. And uh, so if that, if I'm going to have to do that on my phone, it's, it's too long. You shouldn't have paragraph breaks. Okay. Like you do in an email, shouldn't have a blank space. And then another line, you know, another three lines and then a blank space. This isn't for that. This is like texting. So I know some people text in that kind of format where they actually say paragraphs and basically write a story, but Mm -hmm. the majority of people text where they, they text you an idea. Then you see the three little dots moving and they text you the next thing and they text you the next thing. So I would highly recommend that you think of chatbots like texting. 
and not do big, long stories because people have to then go back up to the top and try and figure out where you started this conversation. And it's not the medium. They're not going to, they're going to skim. Also, just in this day and age, I mean, people have shorter attention spans yeah, totally. in general. Totally. So there is a character limit. I think each text block, if you're in many chat or chat fuel, it's like a thousand characters. Please don't. Or at least, a, okay. I don't know, a couple hundred or something. The way I do this, okay, this is my face tweet. This is, this is how I've done it since day one. I look at it like Twitter. So if you remember, we used to have a 140 count mm-hmm. limit on Twitter. Right. So I look at 160 characters or less. So plus or minus 160 characters before I do another typing delay, which is the three little dots, right? And then no more than say three messages with typing delays before mm. I ask them to actually participate in the conversation and give them a button or something that they have to give me so that they're actually part of the conversation. So no more than around 160 characters, each text block, and no more than three of those text blocks in a row before I ask people to participate and give them a button to click to actually participate in the conversation. Okay. And that really, I mean, I can imagine it just keeps engagement high that if you're just sending them long strings of text, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to look away and yeah. Yeah. And just, you'd be like, okay, whatever. I'll come back to it when she's done sending me all the messages. But if you, if you are asking for that response, then I'm going to be more likely to stay engaged. Right. So think of it. If you have this big old long block of text, you might as well send it an email. And I would ask you, how are your email open rates and click-through rates? So why are you just putting an email in messenger? I want to ask you about, because I know you're on the forefront of how technology is changing. You shared some of it with me earlier this year, but I imagine there are more, more evolutions coming. So what is, what is coming with the whole SMS tech? I know that you've been involved with that and you were sharing something with me about this openless app and what is all, what is all of that? What should we be looking ahead for that's coming our way? Good question. So the first thing I would say is embrace the fact that we are now able to, and our prospects prefer us to communicate with them in this text-like form. So if you can wrap your brain around how this works, you will be prepared for what's coming. And there are so many things coming, but the two top things, I don't, don't ask me what these letters mean, but RCS is one of them. And that basically allows for text messaging across devices. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to just do Apple to Apple with iMessage or Android to Android. There's going to be an ability for us to all text natively in our phones, no matter what device we have. And so that's coming. So definitely embrace the opportunity to use SMS to re-engage your prospects. So that's the first thing. That's where it's going to start. So instead of just relying on Facebook retargeting ads, you can also add SMS as a way to retarget and get people engaged back Mm. into your messenger funnel or into your email funnel or back to your landing page or your podcast or your YouTube channel, whatever it is. So think about texting as a way to re-engage. And then number two, we are going to very soon, I'm already doing it, but we are going to very, very soon be able to create these chatbot experiences independent of the apps. So when we were at Social Media Marketing this year, back in January of 2020, I don't use business cards. I use my messenger as my business card. And so my standard line, whenever anyone asks me at a conference or if I'm meeting people in person and they say, do you have a business card? My first question is, do you have your phone? And they look at me like, well, duh, yeah. And I say, okay, do you have messenger on your phone? And I got to tell you, 
70% of the people at Social Media Marketing World, yes, had Messenger, but 30% didn't. So that gives me the clue that people are using many different apps to communicate, both personally and professionally. So I want to be not only independent of apps so that I don't have to ask people, do you have Messenger? I just have to ask people, do you have your phone? And as long as they have an internet connection with which almost all people have smartphones. <laughs> so if they have an internet connection, I can reach them and I can get them as a subscriber, not on email, but in my own app. And so that's what's coming so that you don't have to worry about getting people into Messenger and having Facebook as the owner of that subscriber because they are. You don't have to worry about that. You can actually, because now Facebook is opening up Instagram to be able to have chatbots related to Instagram as well. But you have to think about, that's wonderful. That's amazing, right? Probably, you're probably going to handle at least 80% if you're on social media like you and I are, Monica, you're probably going to handle almost 80% of your subscribers. But there are people that prefer LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And some of my clients, their their prospects are on LinkedIn and LinkedIn people notoriously do not want to go into Messenger or YouTube people. YouTube people don't notorious. They really don't want to go into messenger. They want to stay on their medium or stay on their platform, or they want to just be able to communicate with you independent of the app. So that's what's coming. Facebook absolutely broke ground with us being able to communicate with these chatbots in an automated way and, and deliver our marketing messages to our prospects. But now we have broken free of just the messenger app or just the Instagram DM or just the LinkedIn DM or Pinterest or YouTube comments or any of those things. We can break free of that and do our lead generation on all those platforms. But once we generate that lead, we bring them into our dynamic container, not Facebook's or Instagram's or LinkedIn's. It's mine. I own the data. I don't have to ask Facebook when I can send a message or what, how many messages I can send. I own that experience. And that is what's coming. So is that available now? You said that you're doing this, but can I, yes. you know, or our listeners decide to just, you know, start doing this now? How do we get started yes. with that? Yes, you can. But what this particular platform is not, uh, basically they don't want it to end up like, uh, like Facebook Messenger where people started going in spamming and doing all those things right. and then they had to put restrictions. So this platform is called Openless App. And yes, we can do it now, but there are certain verticals that you need to be in. So if you're a coach or a course creator in that vertical or that niche, then yes, it's available to you now. If you're an e-commerce business, yes, it's available to you now. And all you have to do is contact me or go through uh, Monica and find out more. I'll have information for you on okay. this podcast. And you can, if you want, I can give you a, a link or even a text that yes. you can use to find out more about this. And then you can, you can at least see how it's going to work and see if it's going to be right for your business. And I'll tell you, <laughs> the most exciting part of it is the fact that now I don't have to worry about whether my chatbot's going to get shut down because right. no one has the ability to shut down my chatbot because I own it. So here's what you can do. You can text flourish, the word flourish to this number, 703-936-9169. And you know how to spell flourish because it's the name of this amazing podcast. <laughs> or if you're outside the US and Canada, then you can just go to this link, messengerfunnels.com forward slash flourish. 
and I will have an, you no know, opt-in required. I'll just give you all the data and information about how this works and show you exactly what, what it is that this can accomplish. And then if you want to find out more, you can watch some videos and, and uh, see more in detail about how this works. But I'll have on that page specifically my framework for monetizing your conversations like I do for my clients free of charge, no opt-in. You can just download that framework and start doing these things, whether it's through Messenger or you know ChatFuel or, or, or ManyChat, any of those other programs. So you can wrap your brain around how to do this for your business if you've never done it before. And then when you're ready to take the next step and, and possibly do it on your own with your own open list experience, then you can, you can go further. Oh my gosh. That's so, so exciting. So gosh, you know, everything is changing so fast, but you're just like on the forefront of it. I love it. So thank you for putting that together for us. Oh, you're welcome. Anything else that we should mention today before I let you go? I really would just tell people to embrace this, embrace the fact, I know it's scary. I know you've probably heard lots of bots being shut down or Facebook ad accounts being shut down and all those things. Don't worry about it. Just educate yourself about the rules and I can help you with that. There's lots of articles I can send you to educate yourself with the rules and embrace it and jump in and try this because your customers, your prospects are waiting for you to do this. They are preferring to communicate in these chat apps. And not only that, if you think this is futuristic, what's coming within the next five years when we look at the actual physical web, which is actually like holographic or what's the what's the new term where you can AR like, right? Yeah. The, it, it's the physical web is coming next. And that is where your phone actually has physical features. When you walk down the street and your pet store that you like to buy your pet food at, they will automatically, we can do this now with mobile wallet, but they will automatically be able to sense that you're there and give you an actual physical representation of what your special is or something that's personalized just to you because they know you as a subscriber when you walk by their store. Right. So this is coming. And if you embrace this conversation now and switch your brain from traditional marketing and just tell, tell, tell to actually having a conversation with your prospects, you will have a smaller list of white hot prospects and you will actually make more money than trying to get a huge list of lukewarm. So please embrace this. Don't be afraid of it. It's coming, it's here, and you can do it. I love it. Oh my gosh, such a wonderful conversation. Always great to chat with you. So where should we send people if they want to learn more? I know we've got the text number and then the, the link that you provided, and we'll be sure to put those in the in the show notes. But is there any any place else we should let people know? Really just find me on social, Mary Catherine Johnson, and it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. MaryCatherineJohnson.com. You can find me at messengerfunnels.com, botacademy.com, or truly, if you want to just email me, you can email me anytime, mkj at messengerfunnels.com. Okay. We will put all of that in the show notes. Mary Catherine, this is so wonderful. Thank you so much for our conversation today. I feel like we could just go on for hours, <laughs> but I want to be respectful of your time. So thank you so much for your time today and sharing for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much for inviting me. As I say, oh my goodness, so excited to talk to you and your listeners. I cannot wait to see how they flourish. Thank you. 
That was so fun. It is always so great chatting with Mary Catherine. I absolutely love her story, including all the ups and downs, because that's really the life of an entrepreneur. But she is certainly on to some exciting things in the world of chatbots and mobile communications, and I can't wait to continue to learn more from her in the future. So be sure to go to messengerfunnels.com slash flourish or text flourish to 703 703- 936-9169 to grab her free resources. And just a reminder, we'll have all the links and resources that Mary and I mentioned in the episode at monicalouie.com slash 80. So you can find those there if you miss them. But I want to thank Mary once again for joining me on the podcast today and sharing her incredible journey and her wisdom with us. And Mary and I would love to hear your biggest takeaways from this interview. I know I scribbled down pages and pages of notes, but you can share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 80 or tag us on Instagram. I'm at flourish with Monica and Mary is at messenger funnels. And I want to thank you so much for joining Mary and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then I invite you to check out my free Facebook ads starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. As I mentioned, We'll have all the links and resources that were mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 80. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It really helps the podcast get found by more people. And be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another great episode heading your way. And in coming weeks, we've got some more really great interviews coming up. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Please join me for next week's episode of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.